All right, welcome to another amazing episode <laughs> with the HomeWise. Oh, no. No? No, that's not it? Energy-wise home show, guys. That's us. That's us. I was just checking to make sure you knew. I'm this, Chris. I've been told this is this is episode 28. So That's it, man. We're almost pros by now. We should be. That's right. That's right. Okay. We're almost so pros. He's Chris. I'm Travis. We're with Chesterfield Service. And a great way to touch base with us is either social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Call us on the telephone. You could if you're old school. <laughs> Especially if you have Why one not? of those old dial-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can always yeah. do that. Yeah. So today's uh, today's show is going to be a little bit different. It's going to have nothing to do with being energy-wise, but it is going to be as about your no. It's not going to be energy. Sure? Pretty much not, yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, today's going to be a show about, <laughs> well, we're getting ready to go into the holidays, believe it or not, already. Yes. Uh, yes. And so this show is going to be about uh, baking, how to bake, proper baking methods, mm. and, and, and self-cleaning your oven. Dun-dun-dun. So what are you going to tell me about baking that I don't already know? I've been baking for 40 years. <laughs> well, okay, so we're a factory servicer for a lot of different manufacturers, including some of the big guys out there like Viking and Wolf and Thermador and all these different guys that really are supposed to be super-duper baking machines, right? They, yes. They have specialty ovens that do a variety of different things other than just bake. They can broil and they can sear and they can do just about, I mean. Convection. What almost, is convection baking? Oh, God. Come on, do man. We, do we have a whole show? It's Okay. I'll, we got here, a whole here's, show. Here's, here's, here's a quick. Okay. Convection baking is like the reverse of wind chill. So hmm. if you think about wind chill on the outside when it's cold, uh-huh. to do convection baking Convection basically, baking they're means just blowing really hot air. Re- yeah, it's, it sears it basically. Uh, okay. So depending on what you're doing, if you have a certain convection baking recipe, you right. can be pretty effective using uh, that mode okay. if you are practiced at it. If you have okay. never done it before, get ready don't, to ruin a lot it. of food. Okay. <laughs> All right, because I've seen that. I don't have one at home, but I've yeah. seen it, and I'm like, hmm, yeah. convection baking. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those, yeah. you know, I like to... I like to press buttons. That's right. Now, convection bacon is uh, is a whole different game. You do uh, basically it's searing the outside of whatever you're cooking. Now, a lot of people okay. really like like if you have a special uh, cookie that you want like crispy on the outside and gooey on the inside, oh, it yeah. works great for that. Yeah. Uh, if you have a uh, special recipe, a lot of times people use convection for meats because it does right. have a tendency to seal in the seal in the flavor. Uh, and in some so of the moisture nice. in the meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. That's what convection baking is all okay. about. Because I've I've seen that, and I've always wanted to hit the button. Yep. But don't be afraid of it. But well, just be prepared. It's not. It's not my <laughs> oven. I mean, I'm just walking around other people's oven. I'm like, ah, yeah, convection yeah, bake. Hit it. Yeah. That, let's see it's kind of like magical baking. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's what I equated yeah, it to. I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, I can press that button. Let's it see what happens. Okay. So regular regular baking. One of the biggest. Things that we run across is people, you know, people's complaint of, you know, my oven's either not baking properly or mm-hmm. my, it's taking too long or it's burns, uh, burns everything or yep. burns the top. And so mm-hmm. you can cure about, I would say, probably about 70% of those problems by doing a proper preheat. I, Long pause there if you didn't notice. I, <laughs> Proper preheat mm. means this, okay? 
I have it, a problem with preheat. I know. Everybody in the whole there. practice everybody in the whole I mean, planet has a problem with preheat. My stuff's gonna cook while it's preheating. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So long as you keep poking your head in there and looking at it to make sure it's not yeah, burning. But then that so lets all the, the heat out. So if you if you preheat and we kind of touched on this on an earlier show, but I'm gonna hit it again because okay. it is a holiday. So if you preheat your oven to four hundred degrees, let's just say. Okay. Okay. So if you're, pre- you're preheating your oven to 400 degrees, right. and you're standing there next to the oven with a frozen pizza, okay? Let's right. Give the obvious choice, right, of every that everybody uses. So the dinger goes off. It has now been exactly seven minutes, or however right. long it took that for the dinger to go cycle off. Says it's good. Okay. Right. Let me explain to you. That is a timed cycle. It has nothing to do with how hot it is in the oven. What? Right. <laughs> Liars. In most cases, unless you right. have a very... Uh, so one of the high end... If you have a, an oven that actually senses preheat temperatures, which are unusual now in okay. today's world, uh, it is a timed cycle. Uh, the old ovens, what would happen is they would say preheat the oven, and you would go to preheat the oven, you turn the oven on to 400 degrees... You'd watch it, the light would go off, okay, right. and you would assume then that the oven has preheated to 400 degrees, which the air temperature inside the oven now has made it to 400 degrees. The interior of the oven has not made it to 400 degrees. Okay. So, so what happens is when you open the door to the oven, the 400 degree air that's inside the oven now goes into the room. Right. Smacks you right in the face. Right. Right. The residual heat that's inside the oven, which is now somewhere around 250 degrees is what I've found over 20 years of service experience, uh-huh. is still inside there, okay? Right. And then you slide a maybe sub-zero piece of food in there on top right. of a metal pan. And so what happens is it causes the temperature in the oven to then rise again because all the hot air is gone. Uh, typically, because you now have a frozen pizza in there, not only does it rise, it overshoots that temperature. And now you've gone from a 400-degree temperature, uh, preheat temperature, to probably somewhere around 460 to 480. And now that oven's got to cool back off again. It now sears the outside of your pizza. (laughs) Everything's gotten nice and hot. It does typically, I mean, if you're doing a pizza, because I've done them enough of them myself, that... uh, It'll get done in about the right amount of time, but it's going to fry it on the outside and it's going to be still... Undone not on the inside. Quite cooked yeah, it's on not the really inside. what you want. Now, yep. We live in St. Louis. Uh-huh. St. Louis style pizzas cook okay like that. Yeah, they really kind of do. Because it crispies up the bottom. It does. Your thickness it is it on not the top, there. It's gooey but on the middle. Right. I went to Papa Murphy's the other day. Uh huh. Got one of the stuffed crust monster, like Chicago yeah. style. Yeah. Definitely got to preheat on that one. Preheat and it takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah, pre to properly preheat, this is what really needs to happen. Okay. To properly preheat, one, wait for the dinger to go off. Right. Okay. So that's seven minutes. Or and then I would say wait is. an additional at minimum ten minutes for that oven to sit there and allow that Yeah, I know. Everybody's <laughs> shaking their head like it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Never happen. If you really want to preheat it oven, that's what it really takes because <sighs> that temperature's got to soak into the cabinet. It's got to soak into the racks. Yeah. It's got to do all that stuff. Otherwise, when you open the door, done. All the heat's gone. Yeah. So, so if you're really wanting the the product to be finished proper. the way that it was originally designed to, 
Right. On the wrapper, that's right. what they're so thinking that you're Crocker doing. So when Betty Crocker cooked it, right. she had a preheated oven. She had a, yeah. Properly. Properly preheated, pre-heated oven. She probably had an oven that had a, a swing that was probably less than 30. And we'll right. talk about swings when we come back, and we'll talk about uh, the proper bakeware. How's that? Ooh. A uh, combination of, of the two can make a big difference on how your uh, oven-baked things hmm. turn out. Okay, we'll be right back and uh, the excitement of the holidays and <laughs> holiday baking, baking. Here we go. All right, see you in a minute. This segment brought to you by the good folks over at Chesterfield Service. Chesterfield Service takes pride in providing the highest quality heating, cooling, and appliance repair with the finest customer service in the greater St. Louis and surrounding areas. In fact, we are so committed to offering you the best service that we train our staff to become your customer service expert. We're so sure that you'll love our service that we offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. We thrive to exceed our clients' expectations. Feel free to browse our site, and if you need further information, contact our customer service experts. 532-5841, give us a call. Welcome back, everybody. Hi there. We are uh, Chris and Travis, Chesterfield Service. Yep. Energy-wise home show guys. Yeah, and we're talking talking about about baking. Proper baking. Proper baking. (laughs) Not that... Okay, the we don't want, baking. no, 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 I don't want to offend anybody that uh, says, well, I've been baking, I kind of said that, yeah, I've been baking for 45 years, what you been doing about baking? <laughs> you, you ain't telling me, about, that's right. if you didn't notice, my head was sh- shaking, back shaking, back and forth, forth. yeah, right. right, right. All right, well, since it's shaking, we're going to be talking about swinging, how's that? Swing. So swing, the swing. The swing, the swing of baking. The swing of baking, and what we're actually talking about is the swing of the temperature uh, from the set point. And so everybody seems to think that if you set your oven at 400 degrees, right. it goes to 400 degrees and right. basically stays, stays at 400 degrees. Yeah. That is n- not the way an oven works. Uh, yep. Why not? It's the truth. Why not? <laughs> well, <laughs> they can't make them work that way. So oh. uh, what actually happens is let's say your oven is set at 400 degrees, uh-huh. a really great, super-duper expensive oven – Okay, right. is going to be right around a 30-degree swing. So uh, it'll go up to 415 yeah. and down and to down 385. 385. Okay. Okay. That's a t- they call it, that would be considered a, tw- a tight swing. Twight. Okay. A tight. tight. Yeah, I just kind of that up. Swing. Tight swing. Yes. Okay. Most ovens have a 50 to 70-degree swing. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So and that means that- ain't getting no pastries- <sighs> No. Yeah, it does. I mean, it works fine. It's been doing, that's the way ovens have been since the 60s. But when I put my little oven thermometer in there and it's moving all over the place. Okay. So now you went to thermometers. (laughs) Well, you're the one talking swing. There's one decent thermometer out there that I would recommend putting in an oven. The rest of them, if you don't have this thermometer, throw them away. Okay. So so the little dial one that I get at at Walmart, I should throw it away? Okay. Yep. The only one that's worth, yeah. (laughs) The only, the only one that's worth having in your oven uh-huh. is called a Taylor. Uh, it's it's Taylor thermometer, and it's mercury filled, which Whoa. is you know if it breaks, it's going to kill you. Right, and uh, it's actually very accurate. Uh, it hangs from the rack, and okay. so it does get in the way. Right, uh, but it is an accurate thermostat. Um, thermometer. Thermometer. Sorry, God, it's not a thermostat. Yeah, it's not a thermostat. Now, yeah. what about okay? Because I've seen these for like grilling purposes mm-hmm. what about like the wireless you can stick it in the meat and it's an app on your phone yeah i've had very like little that? of experience with those um i've got you know our guys uh all use electronic 
uh, thermostats, thermometers, thermometers mm-hmm. on their trucks. Uh, right. They've proven to be very, uh, very good. And so okay. there are new technology that's out there. Uh, I would say, you know, what I was really referring to was a little round twelve dollar okay. one that you would buy and hang in your oven. And those things. Well, if are I'm buying junk. it five or less, probably oh, not twenty a, or less. That th- Taylor's going to cost you probably forty bucks. I'm just saying, if I'm buying it five and under, or the, yeah, five the and dollar under store, yeah. probably is not yeah. a high quality. Probably not thermometer. Probably not. Okay. So uh, that that sort of explains. That's kind of the tip of the iceberg on swing. Okay. Um, the tighter the swing, the better the oven's going to bake. Right. Uh, most ovens today are a 50-degree swing. All Next right. up is bakeware. We kind of talked about this in the break a little bit. Yes. And bakeware, uh, they're finally, a lot of the people, uh, I just read a, a back of a box over the weekend, and they are finally talking about the type of bakeware that you're cooking in, uh, especially on cakes. Right. And so they'll tell you, is it a dark-colored pan or a light-colored pan or a glass pan or a, a, I don't know, what's the other choice? Stone. stone Baking pan. stone. There you go. Uh, so if Stoneware. Dep- yeah, depending on which one of those you have will determine directly on how things bake. Right. Uh, my preference, and over the years, if you have uh, an aluminum or stainless steel pan that's relatively, you know, marginal gauge, you don't want, it doesn't have to be huge thickness. Right. Seems to be the best way to bake. And I've... I used to carry Jiffy baking, <laughs> uh, uh, what do you call it, the little box of Jiffy stuff and bake in people's homes just to check the oven and how it's baking front to rear and side to side as far as temperature goes. Okay. I carried my own little pan, eight by eight little thing, and it was, you know. You're I making could, cornbread. Uh, I could, uh, no, I think it was just a little cake. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you go over all over town baking cakes. Uh, yeah, I would, and get paid for it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I didn't realize that was part of the gig. I missed out. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, uh, that that really the bakeware plays into the whole uh, whole thing. Let me explain why. Okay, uh, a dark colored pan absorbs the heat better. It's going right. to bake faster. A light colored pan reflects the heat. So if you got a shiny aluminum pan, it's going to yep. reflect the heat. If you've got bakeware that is heavy gauge or a uh, baking stone, baking stone, right. uh, it's going to take longer for that thing to absorb the heat. And once it re- absorbs the heat, then it's going to actually bake faster. So if it's a long-term baking process, 30 minutes or more, it's actually going to bake a little quicker because it's going to hold that heat in. Okay. All those things apply to how well things bake. So sometimes when people go, oh, yeah, I put turkey in there and it doesn't seem like the turkey's doing what it should or it seemed like it fried this time or did this last time or I always do the ham and I always use this pan and now I got a new one, look out, man. You're about to step in a problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Uh, If you're used to doing it in the same pan, doing it in the same pan, do it in the same, you know – Right. To get the same what results. What if my favorite pan breaks? Yeah, you're in trouble then, mister. <laughs> say Amazon. <laughs> Amazon.com. <laughs> is way to go because uh, that, that, that uh, you can really fall into a, a pit hole there pretty quickly and not even know that's really what you're doing. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here, and I don't want to jump into self-clean until after no. we get into the next, uh, once we go Second. into the next uh, Okay, break. so we had talked a little bit about Pizzas, right? And the 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 magic pizza stone. Oh, not the stone, right? Yeah, yeah, the pizza stone, right? My wife loves it, 
Uh huh. Not sure why, because it it kills pizza cutters. <laughs> it's a pizza cutter <laughs> killer. killer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, okay, well, I'm going to take my knife and run it on this edge of concrete. <laughs> How's that? Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, so the pizza stones, the pizza stones are great, but the pizza stone is actually designed to stay in the oven. Huh. So that when you are actually baking with a pizza stone, you turn the oven on, the pizza stone is in the oven to preheat with the oven. Whoa. It absorbs the heat. So that way well, when you- I said that on that box that it came in. Could have. <laughs> yeah. <bet. laughs> 10 years ago when you got it. And so you leave that stone in there, you throw the pizza on top of that stone, uh-huh. uh, nice cold frozen pizza on top of that stone, yeah. and it's going to make all the difference in the world. If you, however, take the stone in and out like we do at my house- Right. It will actually cause your pizza to be horribly bad. Right. <laughs> and and as we were talking about St. Louis style pizza, yeah, meh, you can get by with it. Yeah. And I've I've learned some some tricks to doing that. Like I'll actually put that stone on the bottom rack, heat it up fast, heat it up faster. And by the time the top of the pizza is done, the bottom of the pizza is getting nice and hot. It crispies. It works. Yeah. yeah. But that's not how it's designed. No, no, it's not. So not. Yeah, if yeah. if you have the stoneware, pizza stone, but yeah. you can't do that on all the stoneware. I mean, yeah, no, the stoneware, like, it's all, it's all. You know, when that first, when that, who was that? Pampered Chef, I think, first Pampered came Chef. out with that stuff. Yeah, that was a nightmare for us in the oven industry <laughs> from a, from a cooking standpoint <laughs> because it well, added brownies, temperature. Yeah, brownies don't ever <clears throat> cook it. in that stone. It won't. They they'll, they'll turn out horrible every time. Yeah. Um, so a little aluminum pan, I'm, I'm good with it. Unless you're a true cook, you do them all the time. It's the same recipe. You know that it takes, you're basically doing your own recipe for brownies. Then, okay. Right. You know, different gig. I'm talking about, I'm wanting to talk to the 80% of the people who are normal cooks. I'm throwing brownies in the oven, expecting them to be done in 30 minutes. Right. Boom. Yeah. Because stoneware could change all that up. Exactly. Okay. You know what? We'll be break. right back, and we're gonna we're gonna talk, talk about, about self clean, mean things that self clean do. Well, the magic of self clean, right? All right. See you this segment brought to you by the good folks over at Chesterfield Service. Chesterfield Service takes pride in providing the highest quality heating, cooling, and appliance repair with the finest customer service in the greater St. Louis and surrounding areas. In fact, we are so committed to offering you the best service that we train our staff to become your customer service expert. We're so sure that you'll love our service that we offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. We thrive to exceed our clients' expectations. Feel free to browse our site, and if you need further information, contact our customer service experts. 532-5841, give us a call. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to our uh, third segment here about ovens. Ovens, that's right. Ooh, and, and this is the think. whole thing. The whole, Everything started off with this particular thing in mind, and so we finally made it to the well, third yeah, section. Well, yeah, because we're coming... Here right now in our lives, we're coming into the holidays. Right, we're we're seeing Christmas stuff in stores, and right. and uh, Halloween is right around oh, the corner. Right around the corner, right. And so. so now everybody, you know, is thinking about uh, the okay. the Christmas uh, holiday season coming up, and having Thanksgiving. a pretty Thanksgiving. That's right, right. Uh, and having a you know doing stuff in the oven and stuff like that. And so uh, we get a lot of calls. <laughs> around uh, people who have self-cleaned their oven, and right. now the oven will not work. Huh. And so let me explain to you what um, what uh, self-cleaning your oven kind of does to your oven. Um, okay. If you ever had a car, yeah. 
that you were driving, it would be kind of like taking your car and putting it in, in drive and just putting your gas foot pedal on the gas all the way for three hours. Just smash the gas pedal down for three hours straight and run it that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially what winds up happening is is you're running, the, running uh, your oven as fast as it possibly and as hard and as possibly and as hot as it so possibly. Full speed, 110%. It, yeah, you're giving, it, you're giving it the whole thing, Scotty. Right, right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So what winds up happening a lot of times is that uh, things happen to the oven during a self-clean. Yes. Either, you know, you have a component that fails because it's now stressed out to the max. You have a uh, something happens internally inside the oven uh, while it's self-cleaning, uh, either buckling or doors not fitting right now and that kind of thing because it actually changes the structure in some cases uh, on, you know, on in some, sometimes we've seen that happen. Uh, I've seen a lot of different stuff happen. I've seen fires inside of ovens uh, during a self-clean. I don't really recommend self-cleaning ovens, even though they all pretty much now have that feature. Right. Uh, there are safeties that are built into them. They are manufactured and made so that they will self-clean. I don't want to slam anybody as far as you know right. that goes. They're, they're designed but, that you can. You can self-clean it. Right. Yeah. Just However, like you can take your car to the drag strip. Right. <laughs> right. You can. You can. And it's... Kind of designed to do it. Yeah. But. it's There's a setting for it. Well, uh, okay, maybe maybe even take that a step further. Instead of just drag strip, take it out on salt flats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Running a high you're speed. Going for a you know, long, right. long time. We're doing a seven-mile pass at, yeah. as fast yeah, as, fast as, as possibly you possibly go. can go. So, right. Okay. Uh, here, I'm going to give you a couple of hints. If you do self-clean, things you can do to to help that improve it and maybe not run it quite as hard in self-clean. Okay. Sometimes you're allowed to set the self-clean cycles for different times. Mm. The least amount of time you spend in self-clean, the better off you'll be. So if you have a selection of doing a one-hour, two-hour, three-hour, try doing the one-hour first. Uh, A lot of times your oven's really, really dirty. What I recommend doing is cleaning the oven a little bit yourself first. Get in there with a plastic or wooden spatula, Kind of scrape up some of the stuff and then vacuum it out if it's really filthy on the bottom, stuff like that. Uh, that way you get the bigger pieces out so that, one, it doesn't catch fire. Uh, I've had right. several ovens catch fire. If you've got a really filthy oven, it'll actually catch that debris on fire in the bottom. Uh, they're not uh, meant to have that type of temperature inside. Most fires start around 1,000 degrees-ish, I think. I'm not exactly positive on that. Yeah, uh, that oven, during a self-clean, will get up to around six or 700 degrees. And so that almost doubles the amount of temperature that should be inside of them. So it's not really built for that. Right. Um, during self-clean, you're going to have a horrible smell that's going to come from the oven. And you're also going to get smoke that comes from the oven from burning the stuff that's inside off. Um, be aware of that. Right. Uh, the other thing that you want to do is you want to take the racks out of the what? oven. Yep. The racks actually expand at a different rate than the oven does Gee. and can actually damage the oven interior. Ooh. They'll also cause the oven racks to turn blue or brown. And so now your nice shiny silver chrome. racks, yeah. chrome racks, uh, become a different color and they don't look as pretty. So mm-hmm. pull those out. Um, if you do self-clean and it makes it through the self-clean and everything is still working, I always recommend baking something light at least three times before you try baking a long-term meal. 
So you want to make sure that the oven is then functioning properly, basically, after you've gone through a self-clean. Right. And so that's an important thing uh, to kind of so keep in mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shorten that up and break it down. So mm-hmm. don't self-clean your oven on Monday of Thanksgiving week. Do not do that. Right. Because <laughs> that's not going to allow you time. And the other thing is, and, and this time of year, we're, we're kind of in the end of September, early October. Uh-huh. Um, you could actually open the windows right. and stuff like that, which your you're going to want to do self-cleaning. Right. right. And it's, yeah, it's reasonable temperature out and you can actually let some of the smoke out and that kind of stuff. So if you were thinking about self-cleaning, now would be the best time to do it. Right. We've got a couple of months so that if it does, well, when it does break, we've got oh, time, we've got to, time fix to fix it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so after you've done your self-clean, I've got a couple of tips to really, really do a nice job as far as cleaning it up. Uh, most of the time after you self-clean, you're going to have uh, streaks of where the smoke came out, either around the doors or in the back. Um, yep. It's going to be kind of like a tar type stuff. Yeah. The thing that works the best on that is just a little bit of Windex and a Scotch-Brite pad. Hmm. So if you spray it with Windex, you leave it set for a few minutes, spray it with Windex again, hit it with a Scotch-Brite, hit it with a paper towel, do that repetitively until it comes off. Um, that's on the that's on the smooth-surfaced ovens. Most ovens today are smooth-surfaced, so they're not a continuous clean. Um, this is how I recommend that particular... Uh, what I just talked about is how I recommend self-cleaning your oven. Self-cleaning your oven to me means I'm cleaning it myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, what you want to do is what we talked about earlier, get a plastic spatula, scrape out all the big pieces, vacuum it out, uh, then hit it with a Windex. You don't want to go crazy with a Windex. It's just enough to get it moist and then come back in there, clean it out with a Scotch-Brite. It's the same kind of Scotch-Brite that you'd use on your sink. Uh, to clean that, that out with. You don't want to really green. bear down. Yeah, it's something that won't, it's abrasive, but it's it won't hurt glass. Gotcha. Um, the hardest part on on a on an oven and, and to get clean a lot of times is actually the glass because yeah. the glass actually holds the temperature a little bit different than the outside structure does and it's harder to clean. What I recommend is a straight blade razor. Ah. Um, so you don't want to spray the glass with Windex because then you'll get water or you'll get the Windex internally and that glass usually has between three and five panes of glass there. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to spray Windex in that area. What you do want to do is take a straight bladed razor to that, scrape the glass with a straight bladed razor, which always does a great job of cleaning that off. If there's some little pieces, you can lightly hit it with Windex to soften it up a little bit and then go back with the straight bladed razor again. And so this is the old style, old fashioned razor I'm talking about. Not like one you'd use on your face. This is a single bladed, oh, people used flat to. razor. Yeah, right. that you used to use to clean stickers off of things. To if you've got a, a Corian top uh, glass cooktop, or you're trying to clean something off a of glass, it's got to be a brand new razor so you don't scratch the right. glass. Right. And all those type of things. That will actually do a fantastic job on the glass. You won't get hmm. water in between them because you're not spraying that much. Uh, yeah. on or around the glass. You kinda, do not want to like do that. Cleaning your your iPhone screen. Yeah, yeah, you can you can moisten it, but don't like don't, yeah. douse it. Exactly. Don't put the fire hose exactly. to it. If you guys have so. any other questions about how to clean your oven, I'd sure be happy to answer anything you might yeah. have. Or Give any weird questions about yeah. your oven, how it 
may yeah. or may not work well. So feel free to give us a call at the shop, 636-532-5841. Hit us up on the Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, we hit them all. Yep. Uh, Thank you for joining baking. us. We'll, yeah, happy baking. <laughs> we'll see you next time.